Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hello, Prosperity Nation. Dave Hall, the Prosperity Guy, here again for another episode of the Prosperity Gap. I hope you guys are having a great end to your summer. I realize many of you may have kids going back to school. If you've got kids in the house, my sister, she lives in Arizona. It sounds like they just got started back up with school. We've got a couple more weeks before we get there. Those of you in retirement, really doesn't matter. Hey, school comes and goes, holidays come and go, and every day for you is a Saturday. Well, if you have not yet taken the opportunity to start working on your retirement, now is the time. You can go to my website where you'll be able to get access to the tools and resources you need to help you get to that safe and secure retirement that you are looking for. As a child, I was raised in a small town in southern Utah. We spend a lot of time outside. One of the activities that we enjoyed doing was making forts, and we would make them out of different things. Sometimes we'd dig a big hole and try to make an underground fort. Other times we would take old barn wood and cut it up and put it together in an effort to make a fort. Well, when we use the barn wood, one of the things that you get with barn wood is slivers. And if you've ever had a sliver, which most of you probably have at some point in your life, you know there's really two types of slivers. One that can really hurt if it hits a nerve, another one that goes in that really doesn't uh, hurt that bad. It's inside of your skin, really doesn't hurt that bad. Well, when we'd go in the house, tell our mom we had these, my mom would insist on digging them out, which you also know if you've gone through this process can be very painful. Even that one that didn't hurt before, all of a sudden it starts hurting quite a bit once mom starts putting alcohol and the needle on there to get that sliver out. As a result, there were times that I wouldn't tell my mom that I had one. If it was a sliver that had gone in, wasn't causing me any pain, I thought, great, I will just go ahead and leave that sliver in there, won't have any issues. Well, if you've ever done this, you know that is not the case. Sooner or later, your body starts trying to get that sliver out and it starts creating infection. And as that infection grows, so does the problem. It gets to a point where sooner or later you still have to take it out, but it becomes a much more difficult process and a much more painful process. Unfortunately, I had to go through that process a few times trying to continue to learn my lesson the hard way that you need to take care of the problem in the beginning. Why do I tell you this story? Because today we are going to be talking about inflation. Now, when we look at inflation from a perspective of just getting into retirement, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a problem, maybe even something that we don't really need to worry about, that we don't need to uh, take into consideration as we look to our retirement future. But what we find is that it's a lot like high blood pressure when you compare it to medicine. It can be the silent killer to your retirement plan because that uh, inflation is going to go up each year. Once you get to a point in your retirement, you may get to a point where you can't continue to pay for all of the costs that you have because your dollar's not going to go so far. Today, we're going to be talking about inflation, some things that you can do to help protect yourself against inflation as you look into your retirement. But before we do, let's go ahead and take a minute for a word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Retirement Risk Advisors. If you are tired of worrying about the risks and uncertainties facing your retirement, then you need to reach out and let the professionals at Retirement Risk Advisors give you a hand. To learn more about their services and how they can help you get to a more safe and secure retirement, go to www.retirementriskadvisors.com. As I mentioned, today we're going to be talking about inflation. And as I mentioned, it's really the silent killer of retirement plans. It's something that we see Every retirement have to go through, but it's something that we see most people not prepare themselves for. 
Now, how do we look at inflation during our working years? Much different because for most of us, if we've got a job, our employer is going to inflation adjust our salary over time. So if you're making $100,000, inflation goes up 3%, chances are you're going to get a 3% cost of living adjustment or what they refer to as a COLA adjustment in order to be able to keep up with the costs associated with that inflation. And if you have a business, you're going to be able to increase the cost of your product, therefore being able to help yourself offset the inflation, being able to bring more money into your pocket, therefore not creating much of an issue during those working years. But once we get into retirement, inflation becomes a problem because for most of you, the only inflation-adjusted income you're going to have is Social Security. And Social Security is only meant to cover about 40% of your living costs during your retirement years. So that means that you've got about 60% of your monthly expenses or the monthly income that you have that is not going to be inflation adjusted. And what we find is over time, this does slowly start killing off your retirement. How do we calculate the effects of inflation on a retirement? It's pretty easy. Most of us are pretty familiar with the rule of 72. We've used it throughout our lives, helping us figure out how quick our money is going to double. The process is very easy. All you have to do is take your interest rate, whatever rate your assets are growing at, divide that into 72, and that's going to tell you how quick your assets will double. So if you have $100,000, you're getting an 8% rate of return, you divide that into 72, you get nine. Over nine years, you should have about $200,000. Pretty simple calculation. We've all used it throughout our work years to figure out how we need to grow our assets once we get into retirement. With inflation, we take that calculation and we put it in reverse. So we take the rule of 72 and we divide the inflation rate into it. If we have a 3% inflation rate, we divide it into 72, it gives us 24. What that tells us that if we're a 60-year-old and we have $100,000, by the time we get to 84, 24 years out, that $100,000 will only have $50,000 worth of buying power. So if we were to look at where we are today with that 100000 and what we could buy with it, we're only going to be able to buy half as much. And you can see, especially where we're living longer, this is something that many people also don't take into consideration, is the fact that longevity is going up. Now, in 2020, it did go down because of COVID. They expect 2021 to go back up some. It won't go back to pre-COVID levels, but over time, we'll get back to pre-COVID levels. They'll continue to increase. The longer we live, the bigger problem we have, because as we stretch this calculation out from the rule of 72, we find if we don't have those inflation-adjusted dollars, it's going to create a major issue in the future. Also, even with Social Security, we've got a problem there because in addition to Social Security going up, we also have the cost of medicine going up. So for those of you who are on Social Security and Medicare, your Social Security this last year went up 1.6%. That was the inflation adjustment. Unfortunately, your Medicare expenses went up 2.7%. So it went up almost 1% faster than your Social Security is going up. And many people are projecting that there will be a day because medicine will continue to go up during your retirement years at a faster pace than normal inflation, that there will be a day the average retiree will be spending their full Social Security check, which is about $1,500. They'll be spending that all to cover their medical insurance during the retirement years, whether it be Medicare itself, whether it be the supplemental plans you add on to that Medicare, or whether you get a Medicare Advantage plan, that the cost will go up to that level to where you will be using all of your Social Security just to cover the medical costs. 
what are some things that we can do to help us, especially if we're in an environment where inflation right now is going through a period of hyperinflation? Now, if we look back in history, this isn't the first time it's happened. There's been other times in history where we've had hyperinflation, but then it settles back in. So I'm not overly concerned. If we look out to the next 20 or 30 years of your retirement, that we would be in a position where inflation would consistently be 5 6 7%, the expectation actually is that we'll have this period of hyper inflation, and then we'll drop into a deflationary period because of all the baby boomers going into retirement, the fact they won't be spending as much money, we'll see a deflationary period and then things will settle back out. What we use in our planning is a 3% projected inflation rate as we look out to the future. If we take that in consideration, then what are some things that we can do to help prepare ourselves for this period of time? Number one, recommendation is you really need to consider your budget. You need to look at what things are going to cost now, what expenses you're going to have in the future that could be affected by inflation. Are you going to have a lot of costs that are going to be going up in proportionately with the inflation rates that are happening? If this is the case, then you need to plan to have more money in the future retirement years than you're expecting to live off of today. And as I mentioned, my recommendation is to use a 3% inflation rate as you project out that future living costs you're going to have as you adjust for inflation. Another big thing that you've got to take in consideration as we look at inflation rates is the current condition of interest rates. We are in a period of historically low interest rates. Prosperity Nation, you need to get the money out of those bank accounts. You need to get that money out of those money market accounts. You need to get your money out of those certificates of disappointment that are not paying you anywhere near the rates of return you need to be able to keep up with inflation. In fact, some of you may need to get out of your whole life insurance policies. If you've got assets that are not keeping up with inflation, what you have is a retirement that is getting worse each year. You're losing money on an annual basis. I share the story of one of my clients who has over a million dollars set in a bank account. And in that account, I've tried to get him to invest it over the years. He's so conservative. He said, Dave, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose the money. So for a five-year period of time, he left that million dollars setting in that same bank account. Guess what? He made about $80 a year off of that million dollars, hardly enough to even take himself and myself to lunch. If you look at the effect inflation had on that million dollars, each year he was losing $30,000. That's what the inflation effect was. That was the 3% that inflation was going up. So over that five-year period of time, he lost $150,000 worth of spending power, all because he was afraid to lose money, which is exactly what he ended up doing. Yes, on his balance sheet, it made it look like he had made about $500, but what he had lost is far more than that. And you need to take those things in into consideration. You've got to look at other products to help you get to where you need to be to get to that retirement that you're looking for. Something else you can do, you can look at annuities. We talk about them all the time on this show and it's because they work. They help us solve some issues that other products cannot solve. There are annuities out there now that go up as the market goes up. So you may start out with a given payment that you're receiving because you've annuitized the contract, each year as the market increases, you will receive a higher payout, basically having an inflation-adjusted stream of income that is going to last throughout your lifetime. 
Most of you out there love Social Security if you're on it. If you're not, uh, you're going to love Social Security because it is the most liked program the government offers. Why do people like it so much? It's a guaranteed inflation-adjusted stream of income that's going to last you as long as your lifetime lasts. These annuities can do the exact same thing. Another option is that Tom Hagna, one of my good friends who educates on these topics as well, one of the things that he does is he stacks his annuities, which allows him to start at a lower amount. And then as he goes through retirement, he starts taking distributions from another annuity that then increases his income. And then he stacks them and staggers them. So as he goes throughout his retirement, he'll be able to get more and more income as a result, being able to keep up with inflation to where even when he goes into his 80s and 90s, he will be able to have the income that he needs to have to be able to do that. Another option is to really max out your Social Security benefits. Remember, this is inflation-adjusted income. Today, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about all the benefits of Social Security, but if you wait until age 70, you're getting delayed retirement credits from your full retirement age of 67. For many of you, if you're born 1960 or later, maybe as early as 66, if you're born in 1954 or before, but once you reach that full retirement age, you're going to be able to get an 8% increase in your benefits up until age 70, and then that's inflation adjusted throughout the rest of your retirement. Take advantage of that opportunity. Wait until age 70 if you can possibly do it. Don't be afraid to spend down some of your other assets to be able to get yourself there because this is a way to help you solve the issues that we're looking at as we look to the future. Prosperity Nation, please do not ignore the silent killer of your retirement. Make sure you are calculating in the effects of inflation on your future retirement so that you can get safely through retirement. So you can get to that point where you're going to have the money you need to get through that longest self-imposed period of unemployment many of you will have and where you will be able to achieve the goals and the dreams that you set out for yourself whether it be during your 70s, 80s, or 90s, even for some of you once you get to age 100 or beyond. If you want to learn more about what you can do to implement strategies in your retirement to help you deal with the effect of inflation is going to have, to allow you to have the spending power you need throughout your retirement, all you've got to do is go to my website where you'll be able to get access to a no-fee consultation with one of our elite strategic advisors who will be able to walk you through how these products work and what they can do to eliminate the effects of inflation on your future retirement. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Talene. Hello, CR. Welcome to the show. Dave, I'm just working on breathing today. <laughs> How's it going? Are you getting it down? You've got a therapist there that's helping you with the process, uh, getting you all relaxed? I would. I wish that was the case, Dave. But the problem is, is we have less employees than we've ever had because everyone's out for various reasons, from surgery, from COVID, from all these things. And it's it's me right now. And so with that and moving and everything, I'm, I'm going to have a heart attack before I even finish this process. Yeah, please don't do that. We want to have you here on the show. Our audience is always glad to have you with us, but I can't even imagine. I know we're trying to sell a building. We've got another business we're trying to sell. You're selling a house. You're buying a house. You're moving across the country, getting rid of your farm, adding new phone systems. Anything else we can add to the mix right now? You know, I think I'm good right now. I'm just about topping it off right now. And my, like I said, my little heart just I can't take anymore. So how's the, the personal process going? The home process going well? Everything getting 
getting handled the way it should to get you moved to, to Georgia? Yeah, surprisingly, that was the one I was most concerned about. And that one has gone off perfectly from not only from us selling our home and finding the home my wife walked into and said, this feels like home. And that's the hardest part when you're trying to buy a home. We walked into so many homes. I can't tell you how many homes. And we walked in. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is underwhelming. Let's leave right now. To have her walk in and say, this feels like home. And then you have to turn around and try to secure that. Uh, it, that is such a process. But we really found something that she's happy with, which which makes me happy. Well, that's good. Yeah, she, I assume, will be the one, I guess now you'll be working from home. I would say probably be the one spending the most time there, but I guess depending on what she does for work, maybe you'll be the one in the house all the time. Yeah, I'll probably be in just a little small section of the house while everyone else is, or I guess there's no one else going to be spending the rest of the time in the house except for my puppies and cats. <laughs> well, uh, no new farm, huh? The new place? Our yard is very small. It's uh, it's just about the size of yours. Not much we can do with it. I really wanted a big space and we moved out far enough where I felt like we could get it. But again, you have one weekend to go find the perfect house that has the perfect yard, the perfect area, uh, the, all the areas that check those boxes. It was so hard to put that in. And by the time we found two or three, we liked, it was ending on us, meaning other people were already coming in putting offers. And you have to just say, this is going to be my home for the next, however many years in, in one shot. Yeah, pretty tough. Uh, and amazing how things work out. Amazing how we can get into places that work for us. They know our home here. It's end up working uh, very well, especially now we're in the process of adopting. It really couldn't have worked out any better the way that the layout was uh, and something we hadn't planned on when we bought the home. So It's amazing how, how walking through your home, I felt like you guys were really guided because of the transitions that were happening and other things, but I felt like that was the perfect home for you guys. And it was really cool to see how that unwrapped itself over the course of you guys living there. Yeah. It's just, if I can stop falling down the stairs, that's the uh, big thing. I, I fell down the stairs the other day while I was carrying my daughter, came a very scary uh, situation. Luckily I, I wasn't hurt more than a few bumps and she got a little uh, bump on her chin, but uh, definitely uh, something that scared me to death when you're carrying extra 50 pounds on you and you're heading down the stairs with nothing to stop you. Yeah, that is pretty terrifying. Hopefully you can get that fixed. My wife always falls up the stairs, but never down the stairs. So that's always a little scary. Yeah, I've done it one other time in my lifetime, but I was trying to text at the time. So I wasn't paying attention. It was my own fault. But this one, I had some socks on. They were a little slippery and looked up to make sure she didn't hit her head. And the next thing I knew we were on our butts. So. Oh, wow. Well, as long as uh, she's happy, it, like always, it always seems like you guys always have some great bonding stories. Yeah, things are going very well. Everything's uh, getting transitioned uh, from her side, uh, happier and happier every day. We've got a lot of people that have been in her life since she was young. Yeah, And again, she's only eight now, but going back to when she was two or three, coming into her life again, saying, we can't believe how well she's thriving now she's been placed in your home. So hopefully we can continue to extend that out and really just give her a, an amazing life uh, as she gets to hang out with two big brothers that are uh, you know four times her size. They're going to be some good protection for her, hopefully, over the years. That's that's fabulous. I'm so glad to hear, and I think it's always exciting as we roll through this process to get to have the audience get to know a little bit about our lives and what we're dealing with at the same time as we start to work all about retirement. Absolutely. How about if we jump into this week's questions? All right, Dave, I've got three great questions as always. My first one comes from Claire. She's saying, my husband and I are currently making the most that we have ever during our career. 
Would it still be prudent to add to our taxable income to move assets from 401k plans to Roth plans? Claire, possibly. Now, for many of you, if you look at it, and I don't know, Claire, where you're falling at from a, an expected retirement income standpoint, but we've got some really big brackets right now. So remember, up to $330,000 for a married couple, you're still in the 24% tax bracket. When we look at 2026, when tax brackets go back to where they were in 17, at 80,000, you're going to be in a 25% bracket. So not knowing exactly what the most amount of money you've ever made is, if you're above this threshold, maybe it's not going to make a ton of sense to transition the money yet. Maybe you're going to want to wait a few years before you do that. But for many people, because of the difference in the size of the brackets, when we look at tax laws going back to the 2017 rates in January 1st, of 2026, it can still make a lot of sense to do some transitioning now. Dave, what other mistakes do you see that maybe are in Claire's shoes where they're saying, we're currently making the most that we have during our career? Yeah, oftentimes what we find is when people get in this position, they think they can't do anything. And they think, okay, well, I'm in a position, I'm making the most amount of money. I've always been told when I get in retirement, my tax rates are going to go down. Well, a couple of things you need to remember. Number one, you don't have Social Security now. When you get into retirement, Social Security can or cannot be taxed, depending upon what your provisional income is. So you've got to take that in consideration. You're not on Medicare now. Well, depending on what your income is going into uh, your period of time where you have Medicare, you may be paying a, a premium because of the amount of money you make. So there's all of these other pieces that have got to be taken in consideration when we really look at what we're trying to solve for the future. Yeah, I think that's great advice because as a lot of times we get more money, guess what we do? We spend more. We don't put it into savings. We don't try to to build for our retirement. We end up just spending more because we want to try to meet or match whatever the Joneses down the street have. And we really need to stop that. I mean, we'll tell you on our end, we, we are somewhat... Uh in a bubble, I will tell you, because we do work with so many CPAs, so many EAs, other professionals. Many of them have set money aside where they prepared themselves for retirement. But the majority of Americans, uh, less than half of America has set aside $1,000 for the retirement. If you can imagine, uh, over 50%, we've got millions of people, tens of millions of people haven't even set aside $1,000 towards the retirement. That is problematic. It definitely is. Well, Dave, let me get to my next question from Mark. I have an adult child who has been disabled since birth. How does my monthly benefit when I retire affect how much he gets per month? He's going to be able to get up to 50% of your full retirement age benefit. Now, he will be subject to family maximum. So if you've got a spouse or if there's other children younger than him that are not disabled that would qualify for Social Security benefits, you're going to have some reduction. But he would be able to get uh, up to 50% of your benefits depending on where those family maximums fall. Dave, when we get into our disabled children or even a disabled adult, what do we do? How do we make sure that we're making the most of this? Social Security Administration does have a lot of information that you can get access to. Most of it's written fairly easy to read and a position where you can understand it. I would recommend for most of you to start there, start understanding what benefits you're entitled to. You can also call Social Security, but if you're going to do that, do it two or three times, not because you want to waste your time, but because you want to make sure you getting the correct answer. And if you can call two or three times, get the same answer from different uh, people on the other end of the line, or you can also get with the professionals that handle it. Now on our side, we are not experts in dealing with disability. I do 
deem myself an expert in social security and the way it works, but I would encourage you to get with someone who can help walk you through that process to really help you better understand how those uh, benefits you're going to be entitled to because of the disabilities. And Dave, I'm just going to put it out there, but it is so sad that you have to call something two or three times in order to get the right answer. I couldn't imagine if somebody was trying to get into retirement and they had to call their advisor three times to say, okay, did I get the same information. And I find that really troublesome as we move forward. And especially when you think of how long the wait times can be, it is problematic. And and especially if you get to a point where they have given you three different answers, because you're still back to square one and probably even feeling worse because now it's like, okay, I really have no idea what I should be doing, but it is where we're at. Unfortunately, the Social Security Administration has not been funded correctly to where they could put the staff on that could get educated at a level where they could answer these questions. And it's so complex. It's not like they can just add people tomorrow and have them fully understand what the program benefits are that are out there. Well, Dave, let's jump into my last question from Rachel. I'm a small business owner. I'm looking to start a retirement plan for my employees. Should I choose a simple IRA or a 401k? If you can, and now when you talk about being a small employer, uh, I realize you're going to be on pretty small budgets, probably you're going to be limited on what you can spend. If you can, my recommendation would be for you to do the 401k. Now it is going to cost you a little more to put it together. There are some tax credits for putting it together that are going to help. But I, I say that because there's more flexibility and you can get more money into these programs. Now, if you're in a situation where, hey, I, I really can't afford to do anything. I just want to have it available. And most of my people aren't going to max fund this thing anyway. Simple plan may be a good option for you, but for the long term, 401k is going to provide a lot more flexibility, allow you to put more money into it, and allow you to really have more success from a retirement planning standpoint. Dave, if you are a small employer and this is something you can't do, what's the next option as we're getting into this to be able to make sure they can put themselves in a position to get to this point? A couple of things. And number one, again, you could look at these other options, uh, whether it's a simple plan, maybe a set plan. The other thing is for yourself and your employees, make sure that you're educating them and that you're taking advantage of your IRA accounts. Now, they're not going to allow most people to put enough money in to really solve all the retirement issues, but it's a start. And you could also look at life insurance retirement plans where you get money into a tax-free environment. There's a number of things you can do, but it's going to require you to really plan out what you're trying to accomplish and look at what money you really have available. Dave, thank you again always for letting me jump on and throw these three questions. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, not only in my life, but uh, see what your life is going to, uh, going to add also. Yeah, we've got so many good things uh, coming ahead of us. We've got new webinars that we're launching. We're working with a number of other people to just improve the experience that we offer to everyone that's dealing with us from a webinar standpoint to a planning standpoint. Definitely are looking forward to the future. We expect uh, the end of this year to be great for us, great for those that are working with us. As we look to the future, we're building things that we believe will be able to help those who are trying to get to a tax-free and risk-free retirement, be able to help them for decades to come. Prosperity Nation, thank you for being with us today. Go to our website, theprosperityguy.com. Here you'll be able to get access to the resources and tools you need to be able to get you to a safe and secure retirement. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. To further your education in retirement, visit us at theprosperityguy.com.